Most of the girls I dated, I Facebook stalked them. He's a lawyer. There you go. I was gonna say, yeah, that's what I I mean. That's 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 kind of what I do. So yeah, most of the girls that I've dated, I probably stalked them on Instagram or something like that before. to the Opinionated Brothers Podcast, where sometimes we're funny, sometimes we're serious, but we're always real. Sidebar, I can't believe you guys let us do three episodes and not mention that I haven't said that catchphrase yet. <laughs> you have, though, I thought. Not on the official nah, episode. we just got right into it. Oh, maybe we'd be so, I mean, with everything going on, everybody's emotions been high. We've been so, we've been so focused on what's been going on and what's happening to our people that we, we ain't been able to perfect the show for it, you know what I mean? Like really, not perfected, but really get down to nitty gritty because we've been so anxious on get down to the nitty gritty of what's happening to us. I agree. And people that look like us. I agree. I mean, it's hard to really think about the catchphrase and everything with everything else that's going on. It's like, let's jump right into it. And sometimes, you know, we might be going a little too fast, need to slow it down a little bit. But hey, some things need to get off your chest immediately. <laughs> yeah, this is probably going to be another one of those shows too, though. But at least I got the catchphrase in this time. That's right. And today is June 9th for us down here in Georgia. It is election day, at least for the primaries. That that part alone, like, so when it says, okay, this is the election to the primaries, what does that even mean? Like, what Pro- is that? Like, why did they choose the word primary to describe it? Like, what does all that even mean? Well, I, I can't, I can't speak on that why <laughs> why they choose the verbiage and the wordings that they use okay what is it but, what is, but, but what as, does that as, mean as far as i know we're voting for who we want to vote for in november who we want on the ballot in november when okay, the general election go. starts okay. that's what that's why you have several democrats and several republicans for the same t- on the same position because we're voting for who we want to vote for in november you, we hope you managed to get out and vote we hope you didn't have any problems um, down here in the Atlanta area, apparently there have been some shenanigans going on, particularly in Fulton County, from what I hear. In case you guys forgot, COVID-19 is still a thing. Mm-hmm. And because of that, several po- polling places have been closed, which is really, it, it's made a lot of people go to fewer places. In addition to that, there are reports that several ballot machines have been malfunctioning. How far down the rabbit hole do we want to go on this? I don't know. I'm not saying that there's some little funny stuff going on with the reduction of polling places in minority neighborhoods that tend to vote Democrat and those polling machines happen to be going down. I'm not saying there's anything going on, but I'm just saying it could be nothing. But then again, we do have a governor who was elected while he was, I believe, in charge of voting. Just two years ago. Exactly. So I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's why we had so many recounts. That's why we had so many votes go missing. And according to my Instagram, it's still people out there waiting to vote right now. I believe they've extended the polls until 9 o'clock this evening. 9 o'clock. Yeah, they do. Yep. 
That's wild. A few weeks ago, Mayor Bottoms, Killer Mike, T.I., and several other prominent Atlanta people, personalities, basically had a plea to the city. Among the main things they said, one of them was, if you want change, go vote. A lot of people on my social media weren't feeling that. What do you guys think? I feel like uh, a lot of people was feeling that way, mainly because you got to understand there was a lot of frustration. Their mind wasn't on voting. Their mind was on making something happen right now. Nobody wanted to wait. Nobody wanted to do a vote because a lot of the times, man, you get stuff like what happened the past year. I mean, a lot of people are sitting there saying, you know, we're putting all our time and our effort into voting when they can just pick and choose whoever they want to pick and choose whenever they want to. That's how a lot of people are feeling. But at the same time, though, you got to understand we had too many, too many black people to die just to be able to pick up a pen and a piece of paper to check off by our name. Right. I, I understand the magnitude of voting. I understand all that. But when you got people who are just sick and tired of being sick and tired, the last thing they want to hear somebody say is, let's go out there and vote. That ain't what I want to hear right now. Right. I want to hear, let's, let's, let's burn it down. Let's tear it up, even though it ain't the right thing to do. But at the same time, though, you know, coming from the mind of someone who's already, like, just frustrated at everything that's going on, who just mad at the whole entire world, that's the last thing they want to hear, and they really don't expect somebody like T.I. and Killer Mike to get up there in those moments to say those things. They caught the smoke for telling people they to go did. vote. They did. They caught the smoke, but I think they caught the smoke for the wrong reason. You know, a lot of people was looking at it like, okay, I understand you want to diffuse the situation. You want us to stop doing or think about doing, or stop thinking about doing what we're, what we're about to do. I understand that, but right now, if you're going to say something, say that you're mad at something. Don't just tell me to go vote. To be fair, Killer Mike did say he was mad. He did, he did, he did, he did, he did. But I'm saying the mindset of the people who was just watching. Right. You know, right. a lot of people were just sitting there like, how many times are we going to hear this? How many times are we going to say this? How many times are we going to say this? You tell us every year to go vote. You tell us every year to that's, go vote. And that's the thing. It's like a vicious circle. Something like that happens. Mm-hmm. Urge, I know you're angry, but hey, if you want change, go vote. Vote mm-hmm. not going to change nothing. They don't vote. Something else mm-hmm. happens. It's a vicious cycle that has to it be is. broken somewhere. It is. It is. And a lot of people, a lot of people, when they see stuff like this happen, when they see the case of George Floyd, when they see the case of the Amari Arbery case, they're like, see, that's why I don't vote. What they don't understand is when we go vote, we're choosing who's the judge over these cases or the you know, Supreme, yes. you know, Supreme Court and all that. And we're that's, choosing that's- those people. So we, we have a voice, even though you've been taught for so long that no, we don't, our voice don't count. Even though our emotions rise, we feel like, no, we don't belong here. We're not getting anywhere. We don't have a voice. We came a long way from where, you know, progress, it's not perfection, but it's progression. We have progressed because at one time we couldn't vote. So now that they're giving, you know, now that we have the right to vote, when you have an opportunity and you know, you see it, a door with a little inch and you kick it in. You know what I mean? You, we got to use all our power, all our forces. When we look at the numbers, how many black people didn't vote last time it was time to vote? Like you say, it's a vicious cycle, bro. It, it's definitely a vicious cycle on both, on both ends, on both ends of it. Because it's on one end, it's like how you tell these people to go vote when 
those situations happen, like the the rigmarole with the machines and all that. But then it's like, well, we got all these all this stuff happening in our community. We need to speak out. We need to protest, but we also need to vote too. So it's like, and two quick two quick side notes: voting isn't just about who we're going to vote for president. If you want to, if right. you if you want to break it down, that's probably the least consequential of all the elections, believe it or not. Because, right. like I said, we got to vote for judges, sheriffs, district Senate. attorneys, judge, senate. That's really what matters, because the president doesn't make the laws. Facts. Basically, break down what you're saying. We got to choose who's gonna enforce these laws, who's gonna give us this justice that we want for these right. Amar Arbys, for these George exactly. Floyds. Exactly. We need to put a black man in that chair instead of a white. No, 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 you no. See, I mean? and that, that's like, the thing. That's the thing. It's, it's not always. It it's not always black, black and white. People, I'm gonna go back and say it ain't about black and white, but it's about people who gonna carefully. Look over the whole case and yeah. choose and decide, and we get justice. It's about right. justice, like you said. It's not Absolutely. about black or white. Because I just it's had this policy. discussion with somebody the other day. I'm like, bro, telling them it's not about black or white, but yeah, it's about justice, like you said, policies and what we supposed to be built on. <laughs> you know, what everything is supposed to be built on. What this country is supposed to be built on. And my yeah. second sidebar: those of you who don't believe in voter suppression is a thing, there's a lot to voter suppression. Voter suppression could be you need this specific ID to vote, but we're going to close down all the places we can get ID except this one. And it's only going to be open Tuesday through Friday. Voter suppression could be, oh, these machines just happen to go down. Voter suppression could be closing down these polling places because we don't have the funds. That's what voter suppression is among many other things. So don't give me that crap that voter suppression isn't a thing. Right. It is a thing. At the polling place where I voted, one of the machines went down as I was voting. That's never happened. Just to, to me. see that. That's never happened to that me. That ain't ever. never happened. That ain't <laughs> never, never happened. happened. When, I, when I used to go voting with my dad as a child, I remember I, he used to take me with him every time. So when it was time for me to start voting, I would vote. It would, you know, just, you know, he, he always taught me the importance of it. Never in all my 25 years of living, bro, have I seen that mm-hmm. ever a machine go down. <laughs> it happens, especially during these times. It definitely. Mean, it's still te- it's still technology, so yeah. football again well i've i was never really a football fan to begin with well y'all know i'm a diehard football fan right for your team Atlanta falcons not the saints not the saints anymore no the saints never was my team they're really not my team now when it comes to that drew Brees situation it's to the point where you gotta look at like Just for the record, let's let's go back and listen to what Drew Reese said. Everyone is looking back now at Kaepernick's protests from a few years ago, and obviously they were always about police brutality, and now it's coming back to the fore, and a lot of people expect that we will see players kneeling again even when the NFL season starts. I'm curious how you think the NFL will and should respond to that, and of course you're such a leader in the league. Uh, What is your responsibility as a leader 
uh, in times like this for the rest of your teammates and, and players in the league? Well, I, I will I will never agree with anybody um, disrespecting the flag of the United States of America or our country. Um, let me let me just tell you what I see or what I feel when the national anthem is played and when I look at the, the flag of the United States. I envision my two grandfathers who fought for this country during World War II, one in the Army and one in the Marine Corps, both risking their lives to protect our country and to try to make our country and this world a better place. So every time I stand with my hand over my heart, looking at that flag and singing the national anthem, that's what I think about. And in many cases, it brings me to tears, thinking about all that has been sacrificed, not just those in the military, but for that matter, those throughout the civil rights movements of the 60s and everyone and all that has been endured by so many people up until this point. And is everything right with our country right now? No, it's not. We still have a long way to go. But I think what you do by standing there and showing respect to the flag with your hand over your heart is it shows unity. It shows that we are all in this together. We can all do better. And that we are all part of the solution. Who wants to go first? <laughs> what did you expect? Me personally, I always felt that was Drew Brees. I mean... We can sit here all day long and say, oh, he apologized. Right. He tweeted Trump telling him it was never about the flag. And Drew Brees said it was never about the flag. Yeah. Because yeah. It's, yeah. it's funny. If you listen to the interview, the reporter specifically says Colin Kaepernick's protest was always about police brutality. Right. And then Drew Brees deflects it onto... I've never, I'll never respect people who kneel for the flag or for disrespect the flag or disrespect anthem. So, <laughs> so, what changed at eleven o'clock, twelve o'clock that that morning to eight o'clock, seven thirty the next morning? What changed? Nothing. Right. He probably realized what his offensive line looked like. <laughs> he, he did, but at the same, <laughs> but. <laughs> He, that, that's what he realized, but then again, you got to also look at his teammates were the one who was like, whoa, bro, like, what, what, what are you doing? Like, you can't be real right now. You can't be serious. But, you know, it's to the point where it's like, I always expected Drew Brees to stand on that side anyway because he had he, he's shown that before. So when he said what he said, I was like, okay, that's Drew Brees. But at the same time, no, I'm like, what are your teammates going to think of this? Because Drew Brees has always been an advocate rah-rah type of guy, so you already know he was a military first everything. You know what I mean? So nobody in the NFL stood up for Kaepernick. Shannon Sharp said something smart. He said something wonderful. He had, a, he had an interview. Smart, I mean, as he, in, smart as intelligent or smart as in sarcastic? Intelligent. Okay. Well, he told Drew Brees himself the other day. He, I guess Drew Brees wanted to talk to Shannon, and he called him, and he, and he told him, he said, uh, Drew, you got to understand um, – you being an advocate, how you have been, you know, in um, New Orleans for the last 15 years, you're supposed to be the one that's speaking up. Drew Brees, I expect you to step up and, and say Black Lives Matter because you have been an advocate. You have given so much money in New Orleans. You have uh, all your black teammates love you and everything. So it's like we expect you. And he, he said, we need somebody like you who is part, basically a face of the NFL to speak up on matters like these things. I want to interrupt real quick. This is getting real sad that every time we bring up a city, 
it seems like we can think about of a black man who's been killed there unjustly. So the thing of me, the thing about Drew Brees to me is basically being the face of New Orleans because you got the Saints and what the Pelicans. But regardless, you got Drew Brees. He's basically the face of New Orleans as far as sports wise. For him to say something like that when just four years ago, almost five years, actually almost four years to the day, July fifth, twenty sixteen, Alton Sterling was killed in Baton Rouge. So for something like that to happen in such close proximity to your city, and for you to still try to spin this, spin Colin Kaepernick's protest into disrespecting the anthem, disrespecting the flag, disrespecting the military, when he's clearly said it was never about that. Matter of fact, I'm going to interject clips of that Kaepernick interview, his very first interview. He explained from day one why he was kneeling, or sitting at that point. This is before he was kneeling. That's basically. Um, I mean, ultimately, it's to bring awareness and make people, you know, realize what's really going on in this country. There are a lot of things that are going on that are unjust. People aren't being held accountable for, and that's something that needs to change. That's something that, you know, this country stands for freedom, liberty, justice for all, and it's not happening for all right now. I I'll continue to sit. I'm going to continue to stand with the people that are being oppressed. Uh, to me, this is something that has to change. And when there's significant change, and I feel like that flag represents what it's supposed to represent, and this country is representing people the way that it's supposed to, I'll stand. Specifically, what would you like to see change in order for you to stand? There's a lot of things that need to change. Uh, one, one specifically is police brutality. There's people being murdered unjustly and not being held accountable. Cops are getting paid leave for killing people. That's not right. That's not right by anyone's standards. Colin, so many people see the flag as kind of a symbol of military. How do you view it, and, and what do you say to those people? Uh, you know, I have great respect for men and women that have fought for this country. I have family. I have friends that have gone and fought for this country. And they fight for freedom. They fight for the people. They fight for liberty and justice for everyone. And that's not happening. I mean, people are dying in vain because this country isn't holding their end of the bargain up as far as, you know, giving freedom and justice and liberty to everybody. It's something that's not happening. And I've seen videos, I've seen cir circumstances where men and women that have been in the military have come back and been treated unjustly by the country they fought for and have been murdered by the country they fought for on our land. That's not right. This stand wasn't for me. This stand wasn't because I feel like I'm being put down uh, in any kind of way. This is because I'm seeing things happen to people that don't have a voice. People that don't have a platform to talk and have their voices heard and affect change. So I'm in a position where I can do that and I'm gonna do that for people that can't. How did your teammates respond when you explained yourself today and, and what was the support like for you? The, resport, uh, the support I've got from my teammates has been great. You know, I think a lot of my teammates come from areas where this might be a situation. Their families might be put in this situation. Uh, it's something that I've had a lot of people come up to me and say, you know, I really respect you for what you're doing and what you're standing for. So to me, that's something that I know what I'm doing what's right, and I know other people see what I'm doing is right. It's something that 
we have to come together, we have to unite, we have to unify and make a change. To me, this is a freedom that we're allowed in this country. And going back to the military thing, it's a freedom that men and women that have fought for this country have given me this opportunity by the contrib contributions they have made. So I don't, I don't see it as going about it the wrong way. This is something that has to be said. It has to be brought to the forefront of everyone's attention. And when that's done, I think people can realize what the situation is and then really affect change. It wasn't something that I really planned as far as it blowing up. It was something that I personally decided I, I just can't stand for what this represents right now. It's not right. And the fact that it has blown up like this, I think is a good thing. You know, it brings awareness. Everybody knows what's going on, uh, and this sheds more light on it. Now, I think people are really talking about it, having conversations about how to make change, what's really going on in this country, and we can move forward. You have people that practice law and are lawyers and go to school for eight years, but you can become a cop in six months and don't have to have the same amount of training as a cosmetologist. That's, that's insane. I mean, someone that's holding a curling iron has more education and more training than people that have a gun and are going out on the street to protect us. Colin, do you plan on doing stuff beyond sitting? What was that? Do you, do you plan on doing uh, stuff beyond sitting during the national anthem as far as activists kind of you know, rolling your sleeves up and, and getting out in the community? Yeah, most definitely. Uh, there are things I have in the works right now that I'm working on to, you know, put together in the future and come have come to fruition soon. Uh, those are things that I'll talk about as we get closer to those days. You know, if we have these real conversations that are uncomfortable for a lot of people, if we have these conversations, there's a better understanding where both sides are coming from. And if we reach common ground and can understand what everybody's going through, we can really affect change and make sure that everybody's treated treated equally and has the same freedom. I think there's a lot of consequences that come along with this. Uh, there's a lot of people that don't want to have this conversation that you know, they're scared they might lose their job or they might not get the endorsements. They not, might not be treated the same way. And those are things I'm prepared to handle. And those are things that, you know, other people might not be ready for. Uh, it's just a matter of where you're at in your life, wh where your mind's at. And at this point, I've been blessed to be able to get this far and, you know, have the privilege of being in the NFL and you know, making the kind of money I make and enjoy luxuries like that, but I can't look in the mirror and see other people dying on the street that should have the same opportunities that I've had and say, you know what, I can live with myself because I can't if I just watch. Do you think you might get cut over this? I don't know, but if I do, I know I did what's right, and I can live with that at the end of the day. When you, when you address the team today, Colin, how long did you talk? And, and what was kind of the tone of it? It, it, it seemed like you were able to uh, convert one person into your line of thinking that was uh, a little skeptical. Uh, no, it was a conversation. They asked me to talk and just explain why I did what I did and why I felt the way I felt. 
And that's something I had an open conversation with them. I told them why I felt that way and why I looked at things the way I do. And a lot of it has to do with the history of the country and where we're currently at. And, you know, I opened it up to all my teammates. Come talk to me if you have any questions. If you want to understand what I'm thinking further, come talk to me. Uh, this isn't something that should be hidden and shouldn't be talked about. These conversations need to happen, and I think it's something that can bring everybody closer. You know, I've had people say, no, I want to understand further. Let's talk. So I've had those conversations and will continue to have them with my teammates. But it's something that the knowledge of what's happened in this country and is currently happening is something that I think everybody needs to know. And when you have the knowledge of those things, then you can make an educated decision on you know, what you really feel and what you want to stand for. Uh, I've had a few people reach out. Um, I mean, quite a few actually, uh, saying, you know, we really support you, we're proud of you for taking that stand, we respect what you're doing, uh, we know a lot's gonna come with it, but we're behind you. And, you know, that means a lot. That means that I'm not the only one that feels this way and I'm not the only one that sees things. In our free time, we have conversations about this. And that's not something that should be, we should be ashamed about or shy away from. You know, we talk about football, we handle our business there, but there's also, you know, a social responsibility that we have to be educated on these things and talk about these things. Colin, did you consider, like, bringing, you know, forming an alliance and getting teammates to join you in this? And if not, why did you decide to go it alone? This isn't something I'm going to ask other people to, you know, put their necks out for what I'm doing. Uh, if they agree with me and feel strongly about it, then by all means, I hope they stand with me. But I'm not going to go and try to recruit people and make sure, like, hey, come do this with me because I know the consequences that come with that, and they need to make that decision for themselves. I do think that, you know, the talk has been more about me, more about I know a lot of people's initial reactions thought it was bashing the military, which it wasn't. That wasn't my intention at all. I think now that we have those things cleared up, we can get to the root of what I was saying and really address those issues. Since you've done this, other, you know, of other players who feel the same way but maybe not ready to step forward publicly? What was your question? You know other players who, who are kind of feel the same way that you do but are afraid to really step forward publicly like you have? Yeah, I know there's other players that feel the same way. I've had players reach out to me. Uh, you know, once again, it's not something I'm going to ask them to put their necks out. Uh, I know the consequences that come along with my decision, and if they feel strongly about it and want to stand with me, then I hope they do. If it's something they're not ready for, you know, that's what the conversations are for, and they can make that decision, you know, when they're ready or if they're ready. Do you feel you'll be safe in some of the road cities that you go to, and will you take some precautions? I mean, that's an illegitimate thought. Uh, not really too concerned about that. Um, you know, at the end of the day, if something happens, that's only proving my point. Um, yeah, that's... Colin, the fact that this is an election year, does this have anything to do with the timing? Uh, I mean, once again, it wasn't a timing thing. It wasn't something that was planned. But I think the two presidential candidates that we currently have also represent the issue that we have in this country right now. You have Hillary, who's called black teens or black kids super predators. Uh, you have Donald Trump, who's openly racist. 
Um, I mean, we have a presidential candidate who's deleted emails and done things illegally and is a presidential candidate. That, that doesn't make sense to me because if that was any other person, you'd be in prison. So what is this country really standing for? It is a country that's elected a black man president twice, Colin. I mean, can you see people say why the outrage in a country that has elected a black president has done many things, sacrificed a lot of things for freedom? Uh, it has elected a black president, but there are also things, a lot of things that haven't changed. There are a lot of issues that still haven't been addressed. And, you know, that's something over an eight-year term, there's a lot of those things that are hard to change. There's a lot of those things that he doesn't necessarily have complete control over. If you would say, that, what would it be a success for you on this? I mean, just in the short term. <laughs> no, that's, that's a tough question because there's a lot of things that need to change, a lot of different issues that need to be addressed. Um, you know, that's something that it, it's really hard to lock down one specific thing that needs to change currently. Okay, last thing, Colin. My wife's a cosmetologist, and she has very extensive training. <laughs> yeah, see, and it's amazing to me that she has more training than officers that are supposed to be protecting people. But regardless, for you to be that obtuse or that purposely, blatantly ignorant, it's pretty much, it's, 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 it's unbelievably disrespectful. It's disrespectful to your teammates. It's disrespectful for your city. It's disrespectful for your fans. It's disrespectful to your faith. You want to be held up as this good Christian man or whatever. I'm, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole. Disrespecting somebody's faith, but you actually do have to go down that rabbit hole a little bit, though. How can you be a man of faith, a man of God, but at the same time don't like somebody because of the color of their skin? Oh, or don't like the fact that someone is kneeling during the anthem because Black Lives Matter and police brutality need to stop. I mean, how can you be a man of God and basically sit back and watch these things happen but have nothing to say about it? You know, I know it's not your son and not your daughter, but at the same time, you still have to look at these things and say, right is right and wrong is wrong. Whether I believe all lives matter or not, black lives right now are the ones that are being affected and they matter. They matter. Not they matter more, more. they matter. I was watching this, uh, watching this stand up his name Michael Shea, and he was like, uh, Oh, Michael Shea, I love him. He said, He said, It was so funny. He said, Saying all lives matter is like your wife asking you, Do you love me? You saying, Well, baby, I love everybody. <laughs> I love everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, bro. We're not saying black lives matter, boy. We're not saying all lives don't matter. We're saying black lives matter because those are the ones in it seems like we're in like in danger. The thing that I want to like want people to to see and realize white, black, whatever, Asian, everybody is not black that's listening to this show. I want to make those people understand where we're coming from. Having a talk with my son about how he needs to leave the house, how he needs to act when he's in the in a store, how he needs to dress, that, that is real. That's something that black men have to do with their sons. Black moms have to do with their children. And with no experience, because I never had to have that talk. Just right. Real. So I want everybody, like I said, I, want, I just want to understand that and realize like that's a thing in the black community. That's something that we have to do to, in order to 
keep in partially ensure, not even really ensure the safety because we're still not sure of their safety. And then we're we're kind of investing that sureness, if that makes sense. You know, what I mean, some sure some sureness is, is that they won't have a target on their back when they leave the house. You know, some things that they can do when they get pulled over by a cop and do things like this. And other ethnicities, other races don't have to do that. You see what I'm saying? That's not a thing. But this is real for us. Like, we have to do that. That's a comp. That is a thing. I've had several conversations with a few of my friends. Um, You know, like I said, I hang out with a diverse group of people. And it's a lot of things that I know that they don't understand about being black. But it's also a lot of things I know that they may think I don't understand, but I do because, like I said, I come from a biracial background with my grandfather anyway. But it's some things that, you know, some conversations that had to be had just to help, kind of, like I said, help them understand, like, those things about Black America, <laughs> black, you know, Black people in America and the things we have to do that, that people don't realize. Like, that's something that's done behind closed doors. You know, you know, you know, one thing that stuck out to me the most during this whole Floyd incident, man, the following day, a Black father had to show his son if he was ever in a position like the police had Floyd. I saw that. How to relax his body and how not to die. It's a shame. I mean, these are, these are things that other fathers don't have to teach their children. You don't have to teach your children how to live and how to make it back home safe. White's privilege. Yeah, it is. It is. And that's, and that's what it is. And, and, you know, that's the definition of it, because you don't have to ever think about if I say the wrong thing to this cop, will he pull me out of the car or will he pull his gun out and just shoot me? White privilege also not even have to think about if you have white privilege or not, because you have. <laughs> they don't even think about that. Facts. Someone don't even know they got it. Nope. <laughs> just walking around here every day. What do you mean? And that's they know one they of the got conversations. It. That's, well, yeah, yeah. There you go, too. They know they got it. A lot of them don't. They they know they have it, and I don't want to get. I still want to do the NFL, but we're we are going to discuss this real quick. They know they have it, but they don't see it as white privilege. People think people think. There you go. When here they see there when they hear go. the word privilege, they think, oh, you got everything handed to you. You didn't have to work for nothing. That's not what that's not what we mean when we talk about white privilege. They're hardworking white people. They're white people who have to struggle. They're white people who have to grind. But guess what? At the end of the day, <laughs> white privileges. Walking out the house with your gun strapped to your belt, and yes. not being escorted out the, out of Walmart, and you ain't done nothing, or exactly. killed it, or killed in Walmart. Yeah, for for it's, carrying a um, BB gun. It's, it's letting you storm the capital of your local government with for, assault rifles. But black people marching in this—not not just black people, black and white—but if it were a bunch of black people, they looked at it as a threat, marching peacefully. Oh yeah. That's a fact, but but, I, but I, I've I've dealt with incidents where I didn't been with you know one of my white friends and <clears throat> he's speaking to the police however he want to speak to him be like no man it's not right uh calm down buddy it's not right for you but with me I'm gonna have to roll with the punches buddy take it at the end of the day. He's nervous because I'm standing right here. He ain't nervous because you talking and you and you're right. cussing him out. Right. He's nervous because I'm standing right here and he got his hand on his gun for me. 
because he's looking at me at the side of his eye. He ain't looking at you. <laughs> and you're cussing and pointing and tapping him in his chest. He's looking at me. You know, that's white privilege. You can say what you want to say, talk to him however you want to talk to him, and you expect to leave that situation alive. Yes. They don't realize the terror that we have to experience every day. But I love my blackness. I love being black. I love it. But back to the NFL. What will it take for one of us to be murdered by police brutality? What if I was George Floyd? If I was George Floyd? What if I was George Floyd? 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 I am George Floyd. I am Breonna Taylor. I am Ahmaud Arbery. I am Eric Gardner. I am McCormick I am Tamir Rice. I am Trayvon Martin. I am Walter Scott. I am Michael Brown Jr. I am Samuel Du Bois. I am Frank Smart. I'm Philip White. I am Jordan Baker. We will not be silenced. We assert our right to peacefully protest. It shouldn't take this long to admit. So, on behalf of the National Football League, this is what we, the players, would like to hear you state. We, the National Football League, condemn racism and the systematic oppression of black people. We, the National Football League, admit wrong and silencing our players from peacefully protesting. We, the National Football League, believe black lives matter. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. Black lives matter. It has been a difficult time for our country, in particular, black people in our country. First, my condolences to the families of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and all the families who have endured police brutality. We, the National Football League, condemn racism and the systematic oppression of black people. We, the National Football League, admit we were wrong for not listening to NFL players earlier and encourage all to speak out and peacefully protest. We, the National Football League, believe Black Lives Matter. I personally protest with you and want to be part of the much-needed change in this country. Without Black players, there would be no National Football League. And the protests around the country are emblematic of the centuries of silence, inequality, and oppression of Black players, coaches, fans, and staff. We are listening. I am listening. And I will be reaching out to players who have raised their voices and others on how we can improve and go forward for a better and more united NFL family. Apparently, Roger Goodell is all for Black Lives Matter now. You'll be for all Black Lives Matter if it was about your money as well. Exactly. When you have have star players standing up and actually realizing the power that they have. Yes. and and, and, And the influence that they have. When you actually see them stand up and say, 
we matter. Whether you want to say it or not, NFL, because we need you to say it. But right now, we're going to say it anyway. We matter. As a commissioner of the NFL, you got to catch that thing by the horn the next day or the next 14, 12 hours. Because if you don't and you don't speak on what they just did, you have you gonna have the NFL protesting. And and I'm happy, I'm happy those guys did what they did because at the same time, you gotta understand you have power. The reason the NFL is what the NFL is right now is because of what you do on Sundays. When you throw on those shoulder pads, when you catch that ball and those touchdowns, when you make that interception, when you make those tackles, you have the power. All he do is shake your hand when you walk up there after you get drafted. He never mentioned Kaepernick. They somewhat still feel like they was in the right for doing what they did to Cap. But just like the NFL player um, said today, Roger Goodell, you have to apologize to Kaepernick now. Mm. Drew Brees' teammate said that today. You have to apologize to Kaepernick now. If you acknowledge that he's the one basically who started this thing in the NFL, that minute and a half video you just put out talking about Black Lives Matter means nothing. 70% of the NFL is black, by the way, the players. Right. I'm going to go with 80, but you know, who am I? Well, I just looked it up. No, nah, I know, I know. I'm just talking. But hey. If but the hey, black lives didn't matter. But hold on, hold on. Look, look man, come summertime, fall time, any, any given Saturday, Saturday afternoon, Look at a lot of these D1 colleges. Look Thank at how you, Alabama was for these teams. So, yeah, in a few years, it's going to be 80, 90% black in the NFL. A college student, I guess he felt the need to say something racist while the quarantine and all this stuff been going on. And now he can't even come back to the University of Florida anymore. He wasn't even an athlete. He was just a student. That goes to show you that they're standing he up. Was and they're He was just a student. Wow. One thing I can't say about my Florida Gators, they're monitoring everything. And they're like, nah, this ain't going to fly. We're not going to have nothing like this coming back to our university and could be a problem later on down the line. And now oh, those are the type of things that you got to do going forward as a university. You want to show that you're, you're, you're behind your players. You want to show that you're behind every student that go to your facility. You got to eliminate the issues and the problem. If you don't want no problems in your university, right. you right. don't want no issues, you don't want no fights, you don't want no protests going on on your campuses, you got to remove the issues and the problem. You cannot have this stuff going on. Hate is hate. That's a fact. Speaking of hate being hate, Laura Ingram, you guys familiar with her? Yes, I am. Never heard of her. Consider yourself lucky. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't throw the word racist out very often. This woman is one of the most vile women, vile people, vile racist people that is on TV. She's on a major network, the highest viewed news network. You know what? Let's just listen to what she said. Well, he's allowed to have his view about what kneeling and the flag means to him. I mean, he's a person. He has some worth, I would imagine. I mean, this is beyond football, though. This is totalitarian, totalitarian conduct. This mm-hmm. is Stalinist. And by the way, on the streets of New Orleans, we're looking at live pictures. They're yep. shouting F through Breeze. Wow. That's what, that's that's what this moment has done to the beautiful team is, spirit of the New Orleans This Saints. is a great, he's a great Christian man. He's- and let's hear what she had to say about LeBron James and Kevin Durant just two years ago. 
All right, we're going to create a new banner. This is a jump dock alert. Ding, 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 ding. NBA superstar LeBron James is talking politics again, and this time it's R-rated. Here's his barely intelligible, not to mention ungrammatical take on President Trump and a new ESPN podcast. Must they run their mouths like that? Unfortunately, a lot of kids and some adults take these ignorant comments seriously. Look, there might be a cautionary lesson in LeBron for kids. This is what happens when you attempt to leave high school a year early to join the NBA. And it's always unwise to seek political advice from someone who gets paid $100 million a year to bounce a ball. Oh, and LeBron and Kevin, you're great players, but no one voted for you. Millions elected Trump to be their coach. So keep the political commentary to yourself, or as someone once said, shut up and dribble. She's a joke. Drew Brees is a person. He has He's some right. he, has, he has some worth, I imagine. <laughs> like, like LeBron and KD is not. I mean, he's a person. He she said he's a person, right? He can say those things. What? He can have he can have an opinion. He's a he's a good Christian man. Ugh, Fox News. Let me guess. So since KD and LeBron are black and play basketball, no, 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 that's not. They're it. not Christians. No, we're all they're God's also. We are all children of God, regardless of our racial or political differences, and therefore must be treated equally. Every American, every American, it has a God-given right to speak his or her own mind on any issue. <laughs> so, yeah, so you gotta be white to be a Christian. Yeah, yeah. That's you do. first. That's that's, that's what first. I'm saying. You don't love God. <laughs> you can't love God. It's about, how can how can houseway? <laughs> you can't love God. You can't. Be, you can't have an opinion. You can't be a Christian. Uh, you need to shut up and dribble. If you told LeBron to shut up and dribble, when he can't, when he start talking politics and was talking about Trump running the country, why wouldn't you tell Drew Brees to shut up and throw a football? Right. Celebrities, we don't want to hear what you have to say, unless it's what I like to hear. Exactly. Or unless you're a celebrity that I like to hear from. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I mean, at the same time, man, it's, 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 it's becoming sickening to the point yes. where you actually have these type of people on TV and people love her. Mm-hmm. It just goes to show you the country that we live in. I mean, they actually love her. And think nothing's wrong. And think nothing's wrong with what she said. Nothing at all. And we're crazy for thinking something is wrong. Thank exactly. you. Exactly. But it's it's us. We're we're t- we're taking it too seriously or whatever. We just need to shut up and work. You know. <laughs> hey man, Make you goals can... and keep smashing. I mean, y- y'all y'all just are slaves. Take y'all... ourselves to the top, bro. Like you're not slaves. You why can are you vote? guys complaining? Come on, like, come right, on, man. Right. It's your first. It's your first amendment right. I can say whatever I want. Man. Come on. <laughs> but that go back to the privilege part, because I'm telling you right now, let that be a black woman, Bruh. Is advocating for LeBron James and K. What is her name on CNN? I mean on ESPN. Job. What is her name on ESPN? Janelle Hill. Oh, Janelle. Yeah. Then she get? Did she quit or she? She quit. Yeah. On September 11, 2017, Hill made a series of tweets critical of, of President Donald Trump. 
including describing him as a white supremacist. ESPN issued a statement saying Hill's comments do not represent the position of ESPN. We have addressed this with Jamel, and she recognizes her actions were inappropriate. Hill later clarified that she stood by her comments as representative of her personal beliefs. My regret is that my comments and the public way I made them painted ESPN in an unfair light. Some criticized Hill's comments, including White House Press Secretary Sarah Huckabee Sanders, or that woman, who called them a fireable offense by ESPN. (laughs) It's going to take me a lot to get through this. Trump criticized the network and demanded an apology. All right, you know what? I'm sorry. Stop. I can't. The president and his... (laughs) The president and his staff are trying to tell a private organization what to do, yeah. how they should respond. And people thought Obama was a communist. Yeah. What, what, what is going on? Like, you what is it. going on in the world? Seriously. You said. <laughs> people thought Obama was communist. He, he yeah. was a communist, Muslim, socialist. What else? What else was he? Kenyan communist, wow. Kenyan communist, Muslim socialist. You also forgot he was black. Yeah, man, he was black. <laughs> that was the only true part about it. That was the main thing. He was, that was the only thing. That was the only thing that was true that they said. Right, they was actually black. Like, let me see if I can get through the rest of this. Oh my god! Can you believe it, Margaret? Others voiced support for Hill and criticized ESPN and the White House's responses arguing that Hill's comments were accurate and that a White House official suggesting he'll be fired infringed on the First Amendment. I don't think that's a suggestion. It does, it does infringe. On October 9, 2017, ESPN suspended Hill for two weeks for a second violation of our social media guidelines. Hill suggested fans upset with Jerry Jones' threat to bench any player who does anything that is disrespectful to the flag should boycott the advertisers who support Jones and the Dallas Cowboys. On January 2015, 2018, ESPN announced that Hill would anchor her final SC6 on February 2nd and begin a new role at The Undefeated, the company's website that covers the intersections of sports and a race. Hey, when you use your platform for what they feel like you shouldn't be using it for, we're going to take you away from the camera. We're going to just make you a writer. Go back, go, go back to what you went to school for. That's what they said, basically. Once you start using your platform for what they feel like you shouldn't be using it for, that's when all the hate, the anger start to present itself. And that's when you get comments like, shut up and dribble. Honestly, as much as I hate Trump, this man is hilarious. His Twitter is hilarious. Well, I I, I wouldn't say you hate him. I'm just you gonna say dislike. Well, yeah, there you go. Dislike. I don't really hate. I don't hate nobody. But yeah, dislike. As much as I dislike Trump, his Twitter is hilarious. I don't know, man. And, I, I, I'm pretty close to those Fox News anchors, man. Tucker Carlson, Laura Ingram. I'm I'm, I'm who. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm close. But, but you know what? You know what? The thing is, Ooh. I mean, hate is a strong word. Hate Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Uh, you cannot be just like the ones who basically coming at you. Yeah. Right. And really, she hate black yeah. people. Yeah. You know, she really do. But the and thing it shows. Black people don't hate white people. Right. Black people don't hate Mexican people. Black people don't hate Asian people. We never hated nobody. That's a fact. Right. But for some odd reason, everybody want to call us the N-word every chance they get. Like the store owner, like 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 the store owner who uh the Mexican store owner who uh pulled out pulled out his gun and I mean no his chainsaw and, and, and was cussing and saying, Don't don't fall for them N words. Don't fall for what they the lies that they're telling you. Go protest somewhere else. I'm saying that like, why, why, why you gotta do that, man? Like This is recently during the during the protest. Yeah. yeah. It's it's a shame, man. It's a shame, man. All the way around, everybody got something to say against about somebody black. If you say Black Lives Matter, it's offensive. It's like cussing somebody out nowadays. Man, what? <laughs> or or or, or, or or calling somebody Karen, you know? Right. <laughs> it's a slur. That's a slur. <laughs> black but, Lives Matter is a slur. Wow. It is. I mean, it's crazy. No, no, no. It's crazy though. Video? Have you been seeing all the videos lately? Which one? Did you see the video when the um the uh the Jewish guy knocked on the lady house at like nine o'clock in the morning and told her that her car was ugly and she needed to get rid of it, take that Black Lives Matter stuff off the car. It's offensive. She's like, he said, he said, and you're Asian. You shouldn't be having that on. <laughs> <laughs> And she's like, she said, she said, sir, so you mean to tell me because I'm Asian? I can't black. say black lives matter. It's just hey. offensive. You need to get it off your car and get what it out she, of this neighborhood. What if she just said the Holocaust wasn't real? You said he's Jewish, right? Yeah, exactly. He would have, I honestly think, and it's just my opinion, I really believe he would have pulled out a gun and start shooting up the whole house if, he, if she would have said that. <laughs> That's just my opinion. He was just that mad. He was just that mad. You need to take that Black Lives Matter stuff off. All we're saying is we met. Like, so Black Lives can't even matter. Right. right. Like, dang. <laughs> it's like in America, we can vote, but we can't matter. So, speaking of hating black people, oh, God. Our favorite social media commentator, Candace Owens. Bruh, I, I think she hates being black. She had an 18-minute rant <laughs> about George Floyd that I don't know how, only by the grace of God, I was I managed to sit through. <laughs> but oh my this. goodness. They paying her good. Oh yeah. They're they have to be. Well. They have to be. They're paying her very, very well. And, and, and it's so funny. You know, you know she's a problem to the black community when 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 white people start using you as the go-to person right. for every black guy or every black woman to get a point across, it's like she believes what you believe. We don't right. believe that. We don't stand behind that. Conservatives, Republicans, break it down just to white people. Don't come at us with black people on your side. Don't throw that at us because they're not they, they're not part of the community. 
it, have you ever wondered? Have you ever wondered why your friends are the only ones who like those specific black people? Do any of your black friends? <laughs> does your do your one or two black friends like that person? Right. Don't 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 do that. Don't throw Candace Owens, Officer Tatum, the Hodge twins. None of those people. Don't throw them at us. Officer Tatum is so. I was done with him from day one. You don't have nothing to say until a black person comes and confirms your worldview. You are quiet until this black person comes up and says, oh, they agree with I agree. I'm going to share this. People were agreeing with what you said before. Now you want to share a black person saying it? Yeah. Yeah. That's what they always use. When I say they, I'm saying like white supremacists. That's what they always use to basically attack black people because they can't say the thing. So they use a black voice to say what they want them to say. Yep. That's it. And I don't even know, I don't even know how to feel about these people that are letting themselves get used. I don't know which is worse, letting yourself get used when you don't believe that or actually believing that. P, let me tell you this. People actually believe that selling your soul means you're going to see a man with a red face and horns on his head and a pitchfork all that to come stuff. to come yeah. to you with a, with a with a piece of paper and say sign this and i'll give you whatever you want selling your soul also depicts money things that i like things that i love i'll do anything for it no matter what it, what, what it is no matter no, no, no matter what's the cost me losing myself as being seen as a human being or an upstanding black woman who are supposed to be proud at all times, who are supposed to be someone that people are supposed to look to, who, who are supposed to be a queen to their king. She'll give all that away for money. Yeah, money and pain. Wow. started this show the purpose of it was not only for ourselves to be heard but to hopefully give other people an outlet we knew that would come with some risk as far as myself personally expressing myself isn't just happening on this platform but it's also happening to me more in my private life i'm a little bit bolder about what i put on social media as far as whether i offend somebody i'm starting not to care as much tim you sent this Something in the group chat. If people unfollow you because you're using your platform to speak out against injustice, then that is a follower you do not need. You guys want to hear a funny story? Go for it. Yeah, why not? There's a guy I used to work with. I consider him a mentor, taught me a lot. I consider where I am at my career as far as how I take it, as far as serious I take it, because of him. We were working together in 2014 when the Ferguson riots happened. He's a white gentleman. As we were watching on TV, he said, a st- he told us a story about how he did not like riots because I believe it was his uncle or his grandfather. Somebody in his family owned a shop that was destroyed by riots. I said, man, that sucks. I understand why you feel this way. He asked me how I felt about the Ferguson riots. Me looking back, I'm like, are you asking me this because I'm black? And this happened to a, major, to a majority black city. 
that's me looking back. I wouldn't think of that at the time. Regardless, I didn't tell him what I was honestly feeling because 100%, I didn't know what I was honestly feeling. Fast forward to this past weekend. Me being a little confident, a little bit more, a lot more confident in myself as a man, as a black man, mostly thanks to my wife. I love you, baby. I spoke up about some of the rights that were going down here in Atlanta. I basically said, I don't agree with rioting. I don't agree with looting. But if that's what it takes for the voices of the voiceless to be heard, then so be it. Not exactly what I said, but that's a summation. Well, he didn't take too well to that, actually. Mind you, I didn't post this on his page. I posted it on a friend's page. That was on a Saturday. Sunday, a guy that we used to work with sent the picture. It was basically a, it was basically a photo saying, hey, guys, hope you guys are okay. I miss y'all. Very friendly conversation. Later on in that group chat, this same person sent the video that I'm assuming he took while he was down at the riots. Side note, he works closely with the police department and he, I guess him and his unit were dispatched to help out with Atlanta. Basically what he said, out of nowhere, completely out of left field, this, all caps, is the I have to deal with. Are you still willing to take a brick through the window for your cause? Completely out of left field. I didn't respond to him because I, wouldn't, I didn't feel like doing that dealing with that crap right now. I actually left the conversation. Turns out he unfriended me. Is anybody else surprised? I mean, I am, but I'm not. Because we worked together doing Mike Brown. We worked together during Trayvon Martin. We worked together pretty much until this time in 2015. And even after then, I've said things on social media that we've kind of gone head to head with. But it's never been to the point where he had to unfriend me. You said you worked with him during Mike Brown, Trayvon Martin, but you really didn't have a voice until now. When you have a voice and you use your voice to state your opinion for what you believe in, what's right and what's wrong, these are the type of things that happen. Friends who you thought was friend are no longer stay a friend because they feel like, I thought you was cool. I thought you was okay with what was going on because you never ever told me you wasn't. But now that you're telling me that you're not cool with it, I don't know how cool we really are anymore because I don't feel like this is a friendship anymore. I feel like you don't like me because of the color of my skin. Uh, no, it's the other way around because I'm not going against you. I'm just telling like, you I believe I, in. I never said anything about you. Never. Never attack this person. Never. And that's the thing, too. You got to realize all these situations happen. You didn't have a voice. So y'all didn't even discuss how you felt. Y'all didn't discuss how he felt about the Mike Brown and all these different situations. So you, you didn't even know how each other felt about him. So now the real is coming out. You're getting to see how he probably, probably felt about those situations, probably how he feels about this stuff. And as you're, as you're seeing that, it's like, okay, wow. And then he's seeing your side of it, too. He like, wow. When it's like, bro, I'm Does just, he see my side know, of it? Oh, that's the whole thing. Does he see my side of that's it? That's the thing. Either seeing your side or lack of seeing your side of it, but still assuming what your side is or what you believe or what, what he thinks it is. You know what I mean? And drawing a conclusion. 
And Pete, I'm I'm pretty sure that he always addressed his side. Okay. It's just that it's just it's just that you never ever spoke up on how you felt about it. Right. Mm-hmm. Because I know I look personally, let, let, me, let me be honest. I know I know how hard it is to work with someone and you don't want to cause no kind of rift or you don't want to cause no kind of friction. So it's things that you don't say, even though you don't believe in what they believe in, you keep it to yourself. But when you actually start to grow and start to realize that my voice do matter, how I feel mm-hmm. matters, what I filter in and what I let myself feel matter. It's been plenty of situations that I had to be the bad guy because of the fact that I didn't feel the way they felt. I had to speak out, speak out. And once you speak out, all of a sudden you're you're the black sheep. Or the black guy. Or the black guy. The angry black guy. They at first they don't see no color, but then once once I start saying that protest Once you say black lives matter. Yeah. Once I say black lives matter and it's a wrap. That protest was justified. Now I'm the black sheep slash black guy in the room. And do we really have a friendship? Did we ever have a friendship? Because to me, no. to me, if you want to be friends, like real friends, we don't have to agree, but we can at least come to the right. and talk about this. Right. Try to and understand. We can go toe to toe about it too. Right. We can, we can really sit down and really like, you know, but, we understand one another. We could bring this thing, you know, be, you know. Most, most importantly, respect each other. I respect how he feels about the rights. I respect how he feels about the police because he has to work so closely with the police. I do too. I have a very good friend that's a police officer. But if what I feel made you unfriend me, feel some type of way about me, that respect is not reciprocated. Because having an opinion and having feelings should never, ever make me and you not be friends right? at the end of the day. Because I'm going to believe what I believe, you're going to believe what you believe. But at the same time, we had some kind of common ground that made us friends. And if me disagreeing with what you're saying about this situation and you disagreeing with what I'm saying about this situation makes you lose me as a friend, we never was friends. It's sad, but it's true. If this had been a couple of years ago, I'd have, I'd, have, I'd have tried to smooth things out with him. But you know what I said, man? Hey, so long. See you, sucker. Bon voyage. All right, Verdurchi. Later, loser. Goodbye. Good riddance. Peace out. Don't come back right here no more. Hasta la vista, baby. Kick rocks and peace out. <laughs> man, you still... <laughs> I ain't mad at you, man. Go and spend no more. Cause my wife was afraid I was gonna try and um, you know try and smooth things over with him, and I was like, no, babe, I'm cool, I'm serious, I'm, I'm fine with it. If he try to come back, you say, hey man, if I'm sorry, I didn't mean it. You tell him to correct what he did first, as far as unfriending me. Then we can talk. That was the first time in my life where I really, really, really experienced what it meant. For each thing, there's a season. I've had many people in my adult life, you know, we're no longer in contact, but most of that has been because of geography. Somebody's moved but we've switched jobs. I'm still working at this place. I may have to work with this person again. So this is like really the first time where it's like, yeah, I'm gonna be with you, but our season is past, man. I'm at, I am at peace with the situation. If my opinion about a situation makes you unfriend me, and makes you dislike how I feel about me speaking on 
what I go through and what my people go through on a daily basis, if that offends you, I'm not sorry for it. I can't be sorry about speaking the truth. The truth is the truth. If I was telling you a lie, that's different. I love watching old people have Twitter beefs. Facebook. Okay, I tried not to make it obvious, but it's a Twitter beef. It really, it really wasn't a beef. It was P making a statement and someone else flipping out about it. And the thing is, it, it, was, it was to the point where like, it, it wasn't even a back and forth with it. He said what he said, but the other person took it all the way left field and, and, and just picked up the torch and just drove it home. Right, flipped it, didn't even really respect where he was even coming from. And yeah, I definitely get it, yeah. And, and in all seriousness, because I was joking, but in all seriousness, though, yeah. Yeah, and, but, but that's, the, that's the whole thing. That's the whole thing that we've been talking about before to the point where it's like, do you even care to really see and understand what we go through, what we're dealing with? You got to understand that everything that's being done to us is wrong. And if you can't see yeah. it that way, you can't, you, if all you see is that we're always making up excuses and that we always want sympathy or we always want to hand out and we always this and this and that, you really don't get it. You really, you really, you really can't see how things are strategically done in order for us to be in the positions that we're in and, and the things that we're going through. Do you, do you really think George Floyd put himself in a position to be killed? I'm talking about even to be killed in that fashion with a knee, with a, with a knee on his throat? I don't think right. he did anything up to that moment that deserved that. And it's so funny because uh, I said a good bit of my friends called me and checked on me this weekend just to see where I was, white, black, like, I got a very diverse group of close friends, and they all called me to check, see where I was, what I was doing, other than the ones that I was with, of course. But uh, one of my friends, really good friend of mine, uh, we had a conversation, and um, he actually started tearing up because he's like, I know I'll never understand what it's like or I never understand what it's like to be in your shoes, you know what I mean, as a black man. Like, just kind of apologize and all this stuff. I'm like, bro, like, it's good. The reason we are close friends is because I know where your heart is about this situation before we even talked about it. I even got friends who out there protesting, people that's on the front lines, and it's, I don't know, it's just amazing to see, like, the people who actually do care that are being active about it, showing it, stepping up to the plate, you know what I mean? And that in itself, I feel like, is a power in itself. I was just telling one of my one of my friends that diversity is power, and I feel like what we seeing, the 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 diversity we are seeing, that's power. That's that's gonna cultivate the change that we want. Those are those are definitely unicorns, Jim. See, you feel me? I won't say unicorns because it, it, you know, it ain't it ain't that it ain't that far fetched, but. You know, you're right. You're right. It's really not a lot of that out there. But at the same time, though, how many of those friends are basically speaking these things not only to you but to everybody? Because, right. Exactly. But the thing exactly. is, it's going to take more than my voice, your voice, P voice. It's going to take more than just a black man voice to get this thing right. fixed. It's going to take those standing up and basically being able to take the same hits that we're taking by speaking and having a voice for ourselves 
will you do the same thing? Will you put yourself in my shoes? Because when I speak right. on this topic, when I speak right. on this topic, they're automatically going to come at me in and, 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 and any way, any form, any fashion, in a negative way majority of the time. Me speaking on this topic and me having my own opinion about it, but will my friend, who is not black, will you say some of the things that I say and actually mean it? And actually, right. and actually, and, and actually ask for change like I'm asking for change. Will you right. actually put yourself out there? Because if you don't, how can you really call yourself my friend? Because I know for a fact, anybody that I call a friend, I would go to war for. Exactly. Same, bro. It's really shown evolution and growth in me because I'm to the point now where it's like, I, I, I don't give a F anymore. I'm gonna post something on social media. You don't like it, unfollow. But that's the way it should be. I mean, social media. I respect everybody that's stepping up for the cause and stuff, but because you got a lot of these people who do this stuff for the clout on Instagram and all that, showing like they donated this, donated that, bro. Just do the work. Do the work, bro. Like you ain't gotta post and and do all this extra stuff. Oh, look at me, I'm out here. Da 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 da. Speaking if you that, out there, you out there, bro. Speaking of that, are we can talk about the Karens that have been doing that. Have y'all seen those? Man, have you seen that? There's <laughs> been a couple of Karens out there. Who were walking up to the uh, abandoned buildings and just having their partner take a picture of them? Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, the I'm about, they're faking. They're faking. I'm talking about acting like it's really a, like, like they're right. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying, bro. And all these people throwing shots at people. Don't tell people how to do how to do what like inform people be informative, but somebody if you quiet on if you silent on Instagram and you don't chose to side of the person, I'm silent on Instagram because I don't post on this I don't be on my bad. I don't I ain't mean to excuse my French. I don't be on this like that. Like guy like bro, like I don't just be on Instagram all day. You might not see me posting on Instagram, but you don't even know the conversation I'm having at work with some of these people sitting up here debating my opinion and you know you don't know the podcast that i'm having with my brothers about what's going on and not saying i feel like none of that was directed towards me the people posting there but i'm just like like dang like you do got some people who don't know how they who feel a certain way but don't know how to express it over instagram or whatever like that and don't judge them people for not saying anything at all you know what i mean some people ain't got the confidence to speak on this stuff and like you know what i mean like let's reach out to our brothers and sisters instead of putting each other down for not for not speaking up and stuff like bro those encouraging words bro everybody need that bro and if you can't do nothing else pray for these people that's out there on the front lines like if you don't do nothing else if you don't post nothing on Instagram if you don't talk to nobody about this at least talk to God about what's going on and in the privacy of your own home at least if you if you feel like you don't want to say nothing at all at least go to God about it if you don't even vote Please go vote. But if you don't, please at go least vote. pray. At least pray. Pray for me. Pray for the people that is voting. Pray for the people that is out here on the front lines. Pray for the people that is doing something about it. That's the least you could do. And, 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 to, be honest, and to be honest, Sam, I, I, I agree with you because, I mean, who can turn down prayer? But at the same time, though, God also gave you a voice. Speak up. I get it. Everybody ain't obedient. So even if you're not gonna speak up, and that's the pray. thing. 
I came and you're not you're not nobody daddy, so you can't make nobody be obedient. So stay in no, your place. No, but no. <laughs> but the thing, the thing is, though, pray for pray with us and pray for us. This this is what you gotta understand though. Anybody can pray, and that's what you want. That's what you should do. Everybody, right. but at the same time though, what I'm saying is, God also gave you a voice. Right. If you're silent about something that is going on, and you're staying silent about it. You're just as guilty as the one who are doing it, because at the same time, you need to speak up about it. Mm-hmm. I see you. I, can't I, agree. I don't agree with you because you got people that who don't have the courage to speak up. You feel me? You, and it takes people like you who do have the courage to tell people to speak up, talk to those people. You see what Tim. I'm saying? Hey Tim, and be an encouragement them. to those people. Speaking up doesn't have to be recording yourself and going on the airways, putting stuff like that. Speaking up could be sharing something on Facebook, man. What about the people who don't get on Facebook? What about people who don't have Facebook? Who don't have the outlet to speak up, bro? That's what I'm saying. You can't make nobody do nothing, bro. The only people we can control is ourselves, and we can encourage others to speak up. Like, I don't like everybody attacking people on Instagram. Like, don't tell me who I who I am because I haven't said anything yet. You see what I'm saying? How am I just as guilty if I, if I don't agree with the situation? Just because I ain't said nothing about it, you don't know, like I said, you don't know. If you don't, if you don't agree with the situation, then you already made a choice. You already you made don't. a decision. You don't agree. Thank you. That's my point. You you can't. You don't validate me. God validates me. You feel me? What I'm saying, and that's what I'm saying. I don't agree with everybody saying. Like, but and the thing is, if somebody is telling you you need to speak up, they know you have a voice, and they know, and they know you have an outlet. And the thing is, and the thing is, you got to understand this right here. Maybe that is God validating you. Maybe that is God telling you to speak. Exactly. But I'm already validated, though. That's what I'm saying. God has already validated me, bro. If you're not speaking, if you're not speaking, maybe he's telling you to speak. Because why is everybody attacking you and telling you why you're not saying anything? Because if you're not saying anything and everybody in the whole world know you should be saying something, why is God making them tell you to say something? Why but God ain't telling them because these people ain't even spiritual. These people don't even believe in God. <laughs> these people are just on Instagram every day. These people are just on Instagram every day. That's what I'm saying. He can still use I get that. But I get that. I get that. And I'm not talking about myself. So, I mean, it ain't that. I'm just saying I'm taking up for the people that, that I'm just saying for the people that aren't speaking, the people that are afraid to, to, to speak out or whatever, whatever the case may be. Bro, like, like we got to stop 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 attacking those people bro like it, we can encourage those people we don't have to attack those people that's my whole the thing, point the thing is those same people who are scared to speak out about certain things be the same way when i say something about uh the president or be the same way when i say something about another subject because if you're scared to speak out on this subject be scared be scared to speak out on all subjects right okay. and you don't know that they are that's what i'm saying so that's what i'm saying so don't don't try to categorize people don't try to judge because you, you don't you don't have you don't have the authority to do that my guy i see you like not, other things i can have my opinion about anything right yeah you can't have your opinion about it you don't have the authority that's what i'm saying like i'm saying all these people who who acting like they have you know some type of authority you know, you to to, you to deem this person mine, this. right i get it that's what i'm saying is mine so right. if my opinion is you're not saying something, I'm not telling you to say it. You ain't gotta say nothing. But I can have I can have an opinion about any subject I want to have an opinion about. Just because that. you don't say it don't mean I'm you saying I don't have the authority to say it. I can say what I want to say. It's my mouth. It's my right. opinion. But at the same time, you gotta look at it like this. 
people can feel judged or people can feel whatever, but I'm not judging you. I'm, 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 not, I'm not judging you. I'm not telling you this. I'm not telling you that. You did just judge this person. You just said that they were on the side of the oppressor. You just said that. That's what you just said. Reposting and posting everything that the president is saying, but then quiet about everything else. Those aren't the people I'm talking about, though. I'm talking about the people that's actually on our side. So you talk. People who don't even have Twitter, don't even have Facebook, don't even have nothing. Well, I'm just saying, or people that may have it but just don't post or whatever. What do they do? I have I have all the social so, social media outlets, but what I'm, I'm just a uh, viewer. I don't know. That's their life. Is that not okay? Do you have a problem with that? I with the watch. viewers on Instagram? I just watch. People watch. I just people watch, and I just like. I'm just a lurker. I don't know. You know about that. I don't know about that. I mean, we all. <laughs> no, no, no. That's, your that's what I that's, that's that's what I consider. That's your that's your that's your lane. That's what I consider a lurker. Somebody who goes on somebody's page and just look and like every now and then and just like a peeping Tom, stay out of my house. Tim, you didn't have a Facebook stalk that girl you liked in high school? Most of the I dated, I Facebook stalked them. He's a lurker. <laughs> there you no, go. Facebook. I was going to say, yeah, that's what I, I mean. That's, 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 that's kind of what I do. So, yeah. Most of the girls that I've dated, I probably stalked them on Instagram or something like that before. So, hey, that's me, man. That's my lane. This platform has probably been a big help as to why I'm okay with letting that guy go. I already knew that because, like I said, when you actually have something to stand for and stand up for, you actually grow as an individual, especially when you actually start believing what you're saying. This platform is used for the betterment, not only for everyone else and having, you know, having, let, let, being a, a mouthpiece for everyone else, it's also being a mouthpiece for yourself. Yes. And it's also building your own confidence to understand that, you know what? It's all right for me to show the world that I am black. I don't have to be that timid guy no more to the point to where I got to make you feel comfortable every time I walk into the room. I got I to gotta, I gotta put on a smile on my face, even though I'm sad before I walked into the building because I just seen one of my fellow brothers get killed again this week. But you want me to walk in with a drawn smile on my face and you want me to be the nice guy because if I don't walk into the room smiling and happy, I'm considered angry and I'm considered, you know, standoffish and I'm considered- Right, right, right. In there. And and it's a shame that he gotta be that way. Why can't I just have a bad day? Why can't I just be feeling the pain and the anguish that my fellow other brothers and sisters are feeling. Why can't why can't I feel that way? Why why do I have to be Superman 24-7 around you guys? Why I gotta be super, Superman 24-7 around my wife, my kids? Why I gotta be Superman 24-7 every single day of my life? A black man has to always be on his P's and Q's 24-7. And it's not fair. And it's not fair. That's why it's so wonderful to have a platform like this because you are able to speak for your brothers and sisters and, and for yourself as well. To vent. People don't even understand that, man. Like I said, having an opinion is very, very important. Because if you don't have an opinion, what do you have? If you don't have a voice, what do you have? I just tweeted something out on Facebook and this guy posted up under my post. He said, not on Facebook, on Twitter. I mean, and the guy said uh, that I was a leftist and, um, 
I need to shove my black privilege up my butt. What black privilege? Black privilege isn't even a thing. What is That's it? Bro, he, he's, he's telling me shove my black privilege up my butt. Like, sir, it's, please explain that to me. It's black privilege because affirmative action. That's what white people think black privilege is. We take opportunities what? from them because we're black. See, Tim, you're so young, you don't even know what affirmative action is. I was just about to ask, what do you mean by affirmative action? <laughs> I know I've heard of it, but I don't know what it like. What and it and it's so it's so it's so funny because it's like, how dare you? How dare you even say anything like that to me with everything that's going on that goes on in America and everything that you see dealing with a black man. I'm not I'm not saying that um I don't love being a black man because I love everything about being black. I love everything about what I represent, the standard that I have to hold myself to because of the ones who are coming behind me, my nephews, my nieces, the man that I, that the man that I have to be, you know, it, it, it helps me become who I need to become and it helps me do the right thing in the majority of the time. Like I said, but the black privilege thing, uh, no. I'm sitting here really trying to think of something like that'll be like. You're not gonna think anything to him because it's to the point where it's like, you didn't have a silver spoon in your mouth just like I did. I mean, everything that I got, I got it out the mud. Oh, I got it, I got it. Basically, we get first dibs on all the J's that come out, but we still gotta pay $200 for black privilege. (laughs) (laughs) See, the the thing is we can't have those conversations because they don't want to. No, no. After I asked him to explain it, he never even came nothing. back on. Nothing. That's what they always do. Twitter, Facebook, you say something back and, and leave it open. They don't they never say nothing back. Twitter fingers turn the truth. They're not interested y'all, in but, actual I'm, conversation. You know, I'm actually I'm proud of y'all, bro. Y'all over the age 30 and y'all still having Twitter beefs, bro. Y'all like y'all really y'all making me proud right now, bro. I'm 26. I ain't never had a Twitter beef yet. It got to be considered a beef. Y'all popping. Popin we're, popin we're not going back and forth. It's just it's just funny that I my opinion on Twitter, and this is what I get back. It's like, man, like, this is really how you feel about me? Like, seriously, you don't even know me. All right, what y'all need to do, y'all need to drop this records next. That'd be the next thing, and then we get y'all some management. And we could really take this thing on the road. I mean, mm-hmm. it's up to y'all at this. The ball in y'all court at this point. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, y'all broke because y'all, y'all broke because y'all want to be at this point. Oh, this dude is funny. This dude is funny. Really, man. You gotta, you gotta laugh. You gotta laugh, man. Keep from crying. Well, guys, we thank you for joining us this episode. Be sure to. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash opinionatedbrotherspodcast. If you like the show, rate, review, share, and subscribe. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. We will see you guys on the Opinionated Brothers Podcast. We love y'all. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Opinionated Brothers Podcast, where sometimes we're funny, sometimes we're serious, but we're always will. God dang it. (laughs) We always will. Uh, We always will what? (laughs) (laughs) All right.
that's when I put the clip in. I mean, you didn't want to watch it or hold on a sec. Hold on, come say good night. You got 10 minutes. Oh, <laughs> good night. Good night. Good night. Nighty, nighty. Don't let the bed bugs bite. Give me a kiss. <laughs> <laughs>